Hello and welcome to Habi Muspapam, episode 192, Blessed Benedict the 11th. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Habemus Papam. So we move this week from the big, boisterous personality of Boniface VIII, who got in a huge fight with the King of France, to a perhaps more unassuming pope in Blessed Benedict XI. His birth name was Niccolo Boccasino, and he was born in 1240 in Treviso, just north of Venice. We don't know much about his family and early life, except that he was probably raised in part by his uncle, who was a priest in Treviso, after his father died when he was an infant. In 1259, he entered the Dominican order in Treviso and began studying as a Dominican brother. He studied and taught around northern Italy, eventually being named the sub-prior and then a prior of Dominican communities, until he was finally named the Provincial of Lombardy in 1286. And then on May 12, 1296, he was named the Master of the Dominican Order during their general chapter. Now this is where the fight with France by Pope Boniface VIII starts to come into play. But there's an aspect of that fight which I didn't draw out last time, and that was the influence of what a group called the Spiritual Franciscans, or the Fraticelli. The Fraticelli were a group of Franciscan brothers who thought that the Franciscans were getting too soft and wanted to follow a very radical view of poverty. In fact, it was probably too radical and unhealthy for the order, but that was debated a lot. And this caused a lot of conflict with the, within the order and with several popes, and most notably Nicholas III had to step in and work out a compromise with them. Pope Celestine V particularly favored the Fraticelli because, if you remember, he was a pretty radical monk himself, and he gave him all sorts of concessions, but then Pope Boniface revoked those concessions. And so, consequentially, the Fraticelli turned against Pope Boniface and claimed that he was illegitimately elected. They were protected by the Colonna Cardinals we met last time, and they were used as part of the propaganda campaign against Pope Boniface. You know, see, this guy is worldly, the real Franciscans who are holy and poor, they are against him. Now, this conflict in religious life that got caught up into papal politics drew the Dominicans in as well, and Niccolo, as master of the order, had to act. He saw people thinking that the religious were against the pope and the church, and that the church might even break apart because of that. So he commissioned his Dominican brothers to preach the unity of the church and against the -the over-the-top spirituality of the Fraticelli. It may be that Pope Boniface was a jerk, it may be that he was pompous or even not a great guy, but he was the Pope, he was the Vicar of Christ, and the Church needs one flock and one shepherd. In 1297, recognizing Niccolo's loyalty to the Holy See, Pope Boniface entrusted him with a mission to try and bring peace between England and France. This he succeeded in doing, he was recognized by the Pope and made the Cardinal Priest of Santa Sabina in December of 1298, and then later the Cardinal Bishop of Ostia in March of 1300. The mission really raised his profile as well amongst the cardinals themselves and showed him as a compliment, uh, competent diplomat as well as a faithful priest and a strong preacher. But it didn't help his reputation with the Dominicans. He was now seen to be rather too close to the Pope and trying to control the Dominican order rather than allowing the traditional freedom it had been granted. And when Cardinal Niccolo was presented a new candidate for master, he had to resign when he was made a cardinal, the candidate was rejected outright by his Dominican brethren. Cardinal Niccolo was sent to Hungary to help mediate the succession of the king there, but soon returned. And he was present at Anjani when Pope Boniface's palace was invaded and the Pope was slapped in the face. So when the time came and Pope Boniface died a month later, Cardinal Niccolo was present at the conclave. The conclave only lasted two days, and on October 22, 1303, they elected Niccolo as Pope unanimously. 
Now, it helped that the Colonna cardinals who had revolted against Pope Boniface weren't there, and that Charles II of Sicily was, and he could make his will known. Niccolo was not very prominent compared to many others there, and that was probably a good thing since the cardinals were so divided still. And it also helped that he was pro-Boniface, but a much more simple and holy man, so an easier compromise candidate. Regardless of how it happened, Cardinal Niccolo was elected. He took the name Benedict XI, perhaps after his predecessor, whose given name was Benedetto before he became Boniface VIII. Now, it wouldn't go well for Benedict part partially because of those divisions. Most of the College of Cardinals were dominated by powerful Roman families, and those families had power bases beyond just being cardinals. They had towns, they had castles, they had large estates, they had even towers and castles within Rome itself. And Benedict was just a simple northern Italian Dominican, so how could he compete with that? So first he made two of his Dominican brothers cardinals, but it really wasn't enough. He was pretty much at the mercy of all the other cardinals. And at the same time, he still had to fight with the Colonna cardinals, who had basically been totally opposed to Pope Boniface, and so they attacked him both politically and physically, inciting a mob in Rome which forced him to run away to Perugia. Pope Boniface, if you remember, had excommunicated the two cardinals and stripped them of their cardinal title. They then went on the attack against Boniface because of that, and now Pope Benedict's new, and he doesn't really have the strength to kind of continue that fight and defeat them outright, so he tried to compromise. He removed the excommunication but did not restore them to being cardinals. Now, on the question of France, Benedict was on even shakier grounds, so he basically ignored the ambassadors of Philip the Fair. Everything the great popes of the Middle Ages, Gregory VII and Innocent III, had achieved over secular rulers had been done because the whole of Europe recognized them as the spiritual heads of Europe. But now the papacy's prestige had fallen so much and the church was so divided that Benedict didn't really have a leg to stand on diplomatically. Added to that was the fact that Philip had been excommunicated by Boniface right before he died, and that prompted Benedict to ignore him and hope that the problem would just dissipate in time. But, spoiler, it wouldn't. Philip got what he wanted in the end. He sent three ambassadors to Rome, and on March 25, 1304, Benedict issued a bull absolving Philip in the French court. And it wouldn't stop there. French agents began working on the cardinals to try and get them to bring about a new council, which would condemn the work of Boniface VIII. And then pressure to bring about such a council started to build. Benedict once again gave in, and in exchange for not holding a council, granted every concession the French want, absolving almost everyone involved in the attack against the Pope, uh, against Pope Boniface, except for King Philip's agent and chancellor, Guillaume de Norgat, who led the attack on Pope Boniface, and Chiara Colonna, who physically slapped the Pope. He resolved the dispute over taxation of the church, which had started the whole thing, and in general he sided with the French in almost any way. And that's where we have to end it, because on July 7th, 1304, Pope Benedict XI died. Some claimed he was poisoned by that French agent, but most likely he died of dysentery. He was buried in the Church of San Domenico in Perugia, where he died. He was beatified in 1738 by Pope Clement XII. Despite his weakness in the face of France and the Curia and his ineffectiveness politically as Pope, he was right, widely regarded as a very holy man. But that weakness is about to lead to something much worse when his successor, Pope Clement V, is elected. But we will talk about him next week. Thanks for listening to Abemus Papam. You can check out the rest of the Catholic Bites podcast at catholicbitespodcast.com or find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you and God bless you.